Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, happy Gaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaudaud
Well, if any of that sounds familiar, if any of you can relate to that experience in life, whether that's something you're going through now or something that you've gone through, you know, in the past, this is exactly the situation in which Isaiah speaks these words that we heard just a little earlier from Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10. And it'll be kind of the focus of our reflection this morning. But these words that Isaiah speaks, again, he speaks to these words, not to a people where everything is just wonderful and great. You know, they're out Christmas shopping or baking cookies, and there's all the great holiday songs, and they've got all these great gifts, and everything is just wonderful. But rather, the situation they find themselves in, the circumstance in which they are struggling, there is uncertainty, there is anxiety, there is, I'm sure, depression, a sense of feeling overwhelmed, knowing that, that this, this idea that God has allowed them to be carried away into captivity. Things are uncertain. This is the situation in which Isaiah speaks these words from verse 1, Isaiah 35. Let's read together. They will rejoice. They will rejoice. They will rejoice not because things are great and fantastic, See, Isaiah, as he speaks these words, he says, you know, that the wilderness will sing, that the wilderness or the desert will sing, that they will rejoice. The wilderness and the dry land will come to life. The desert will shout out with joy, and it will blossom. I don't know if you've ever been to the desert before. How many of you have ever been to the desert before? You know, if you've ever been to the desert, a lot of times it looks pretty dry and lifeless. But especially in the springtime, especially after spring showers, I mean, what seems dead blossoms and comes to life. And then Isaiah, as he speaks these words, it's not just saying it's going to, you know, have a little joy and a little bit of a blooming. It's like, it's going to shout out. It's going to be joyful. There's going to be life. And it's not just going to blossom. It's going to blossom. There's going to be signs of life in what seems like it was once dead. And Isaiah says, this is the hope that God speaks into our situation. This is the joy that God gives us, even when everything else seems like it's dead and lifeless and uncertain. God is here, and God will come. Now, as, as Isaiah speaks these words, you know, he speaks these words to a people again who are struggling in the situation, the circumstance they find themselves in. It's not that moment in life where they get that sense of joy. And again, remember, today, practice your memory, the Latin word is what? Gaudaute. See if you can say it again, gaudaute. Now you can say, I learned a Latin word today in church. Gaudaute, again, is this sense of, of joy. And it's this short, little, powerful word, joy. But what is joy? Well, as we talk about joy, part of what we want to look at is the sense that there's a difference between happiness and, and joy. Happiness is something external. Joy is internal. So joy is a deep sense of happiness and hope, which isn't based on life circumstances. You see, happiness is what's under the Christmas tree. Is it a really big gift? Is it something that I've really been longing for and wanting? Is it something where somebody spent a lot of money on me? or I spend a lot of money on myself. Happiness is, you know, what we get bombarded with, with all the commercials we see this time of the year, that you need all these things to truly be happy or to make someone else happy. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. 
So what is joy as we, as we look at God's Word, as we look to the words that God gave the prophet Isaiah? Joy is this exuberant feeling. And, it, and it's a feeling, again, not based on you know, what we have, what we own, what we can hold on to. It's a feeling that is rooted in God's love and His presence of His hope and peace that He gives to us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. What is joy? Joy is a disposition of the heart. In other words, it's where our heart rests. It's where our heart's confidence is in. Our confidence is not in our health. It's not in the material things that we fill our lives with. It's not in how successful we are or how successful our kids are. The disposition of our heart, our heart rests, again, in God's presence and God's love for us. The peace and the hope that our Savior Jesus gives us. What is joy? Joy is a way of being. It's a way of being in life which is closely tied to gratitude. Joy is closely tied to gratitude because when we are full of joy, we are grateful. When we are grateful, we have more joy. And so when we have gratitude for all the gifts that God gives to us and the gifts that He gives to us of His love and presence, especially when life circumstances seem to shout out to us just the opposite, that He does love us and that He is with us. And joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of the details of my life. You know, when life feels like it is just running amok, when it's crazy, when everything seems out of control, when we try to, you know, control things and put things into place and it's not working, it's not falling into place, when our hopes seem like they are dashed and our dreams are disappearing. We know that God is still in control. God is still present in our lives and our world. And that, again, is exactly the words that Isaiah speaks to the people thousands of years ago. That Isaiah still speaks into our situation and into our lives. This joy is about God arriving on the scene. About God being present in our lives. You see, Isaiah fully acknowledges that in the word for us today. He fully acknowledges that this word comes to us in a place of pain and disbelief. And he comes to reassure us that we find joy. We find joy, again, not in our circumstances and situation, but in God's grace and God's presence and God's love. So in verse 10, Isaiah 35, Isaiah writes these words. Let's read this together. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, I, I love the way this translation brings these words of Isaiah to life. Gladness and joy will overtake us. And it says we'll be overwhelmed. We'll be overflowing with a sense of gladness and joy. Because again, gladness and joy is not found in our situation, in our circumstances that we're in right now. Our gladness and joy is found in Jesus. And the one who lived for us, the one who died for us, and the one who lives forever. And sorrow and sighing will do what? They will flee away. It's really the sense, again, as God fills us with his hope and his peace and his joy, that as that begins to fill us up in our lives, that sorrow and sighing, they have to retreat. As the God of the universe steps into humanity in Jesus Christ, 
as we hear the words of John asking Jesus, you know, are you the one to come? And Jesus begins speaking about John and about himself, saying, look, the lame walk, you know, the deaf can hear, the mute can speak, those who were dead are now alive. And this is just a, a taste of the gospel, the, the good news of God stepping into our life's situation of sorrow and sighing, fleeing. The prophet Zechariah writes it this way, Zechariah 9, 9, and let's read together. Rejoice with all your heart, people of Zion. Shout in triumph, people of Jerusalem. You know, this is rejoice greatly. Rejoice you know, with such great energy and such joy in your heart and your life. Joy, again, in knowing that our joy is in the Lord. As Paul writes in Philippians 4, 4, we read, Always be joyful in the Lord. I'll say it again. Be joyful. Because our joy is in who? In Jesus. It's not in our health. It's not in our situation and circumstances. It's not the big gifts or small gifts or anything under the Christmas tree. It's not in how well we are doing. It's not on how much we're struggling, how much we feel overwhelmed and uncertain. Our joy is in Jesus. Jesus, the God of the universe, who steps into our situation, into our lives, who loves us and is with us and forgives us. This is the joy in which we have in our Savior Jesus. You know, as you think about all those great Advent and Christmas songs, I mean, again, there's a long list of Advent and Christmas songs that you could sing, that, that we love singing, that are part of often our family traditions. And, and all those Advent and Christmas songs really speak to us, and it's Christmas carols call us to look forward to, you know, that, that birth of the baby born in Bethlehem. You know, away from the manger. What child is this? Silent night. You know, then some of the others that really aren't Christmassy because the wise men probably came maybe two years after Jesus' birth, but like, you know, we three kings, though there might have been more than three kings. We just know there's at least two on all these great songs, there, there is a song that, that many of us love to sing that unlike all these other Christmas carols, it doesn't point to the birth of Jesus. In fact, we sang the song this morning. We opened up with the song this morning. Let's see if you guys are paying attention. What song, Carol, did we open up this morning? Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's not a Christmas song. Think about it for just a moment. In that song, do we sing about the little baby born in a manger? No. Do we sing about Mary and Joseph? And do we sing about the star of Bethlehem? Angels and shepherds? Do we sing about a silent night, the cattle are lowing, and the poor baby, you know, wakes? Do we sing about the wise men? No. In fact, the history of this song is the song was originally a poem written by the hymn writer Sir Isaac Watts. And Isaac Watts wrote this poem in 1719, put it in a book of poems based on the Psalms. And this one here, based on Psalm 98, also a little bit of Psalm 96 and Genesis 3. And these are the words that we hear. Let's read this together. Psalm 98, verse 4. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in joyful singing. Make music. So there's this sense, again, of this joyful singing, this joyful celebration. And in this song, I know we sing it at Christmas time, and you know, it, it is a joy to the world because the birth of Jesus brings us joy. 
But this song really is not about the first advent of Jesus. It's about his second advent, his second arrival. Because while Jesus was born, and we love to celebrate the birth of Jesus, to celebrate Christmas, 10 days away, get your shopping done. That as we celebrate his birth and we celebrate what he came to do, that he came to live for us, to live a life that we can never live, and to die for the life that we do live, and to rise again, that we have life with him today, tomorrow, and for all eternity. That this song really sings to us about the joy of a God who will come into the situation of our world and complete what he began in his son Jesus Christ. He will complete what he began in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because we hear in Scripture, Jesus, you know, says to his followers, you know, I will be back again. I'm coming. I'm coming soon. And so this season of Advent has that sense of anticipation, just like those who first heard the words of Isaiah or the words of Psalm 98, the sense of anticipation, of hope, of peace, of joy, because our Savior is coming again. Even as we confess in the creed that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And so, you know, this, this song, Joy to the World, is a great song. It, I, it, in my mind, it's still Christmas, even though I know it's not Christmas. But, you know, it's a great song. It's a great poem as Isaac Watts put this, these words to life. And then about a century later, 1848, it's Boston music teacher, well-known teacher and composer, you know, who also had the tune Bethany. If you're a musician, you might know the tune Bethany. That's the tune to the hymn that some of you may know called Nearer My God to Thee. That's the Titanic, isn't it? Nearer My God to Thee. This, this gentleman, Lau Mason, you know, discovered Isaac Watts' poem, and he put music to this poem at Christmas time, and it quickly became a favorite Christmas Advent hymn in North America. Joy to the world, because who has come? The Lord has come. And yes, the Lord has come as a baby in Bethlehem. And yes, the Lord comes into the situation in that world nearly 2,000 years ago. And yes, the Lord is coming again, but the Lord also comes into your life today, into your moment, into your situation. And speaks joy to you. Now, as we think about this, this joy that we have, it's easy again for us to get caught up in our situation and the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And so, you know, how do we do, we do that? And the season of Advent is one of those times where it's, it helps us to kind of focus in on what it means that our Savior has and is coming again. So here's just some practical things for you to do. One, quiet your spirit. In other words, find that time to pull away from everything, to meditate, to reflect. And we go back to that series we had in September about how to read the Bible, that we take that time to reflect on God's Word. Maybe take Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10, our focus text today, and, and read through that in multiple different translations throughout the week. You know, go ahead and, and, and during this season, find time to cut down on social media and cut down on binge-watching on Netflix and spend a little time reflecting on our Savior Jesus Christ and what His birth means for us and what His presence in our world means for us today. And the other, as we said again, joy is tied to gratitude, practice that gratitude. Practice that gratitude in what you do and what you say and, and how you, you live. 
And as, you know, we talk about that, that joy, just as we talked two weeks ago about hope and that we are called to be agents of hope, how we talked about last week about peace and how we to create peace. And so today we talk about that joy because that joy is not just for us to hold on to. That joy is not just for us in the circumstances, situation we find ourselves. But we are called and sent out to share that joy. That the joy we are given is an overflowing joy because that joy is in who? It's in Jesus. Not in our stuff, not in our identity, not in all the things we may surround ourselves in this world. Our joy is in Jesus. The God who loves us, the God who is with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise for the great gift of your love. We give you thanks and praise for the hope that we have in you, for the peace we have through you, and for the joy that you fill us with, the joy, Lord, that is found in you. Lord, especially, we lift up before you all of those who at this time are struggling, who are hurting, who are lonely, anxious, depressed, who are uncertain, whose situation and circumstances seem dark and gloomy. Lord, remind them, reassure them of your presence with them. Just as you spoke through the prophet Isaiah to people so long ago, you speak to us today of a God who is with us, a God who is for us, and a God who loves us, and a God who gives us joy regardless of the situation we find ourselves in, because our joy rests in you, in your presence, and in your love, Jesus. And as we rest in that joy, Send us out to share that joy, we pray, with all whom we meet this week. We pray this in your name, Jesus, and God's people say, Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.